Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. One can help but be positive. And Newton! The other can't help but be negative. Bleep you, you bleeping bleepity bleep. The only thing they seem to agree on is that they can barely agree on anything. Blah, blah, blah. I'm Andy Hart. I'm not happy about this. It's sports radio for the passionate fan. What's up, Nick? And grumpy dad in all of us. That is just so stupid. Fitzy and Hart. Yes, I've been listening, Andy. On Boston Sports Original. I like the way Andy Hart does it. Might have Nick just take over. W-E-E-I. position, you have to just run the clock out. You have to play for overtime. Here's Brady again. Up the middle, top, and it's Troy Brown, and he gets out of bounds, and they might be in Vinatieri's range with 21 seconds left. I'll tell you, what Tom Brady just did gives me goosebumps. Here comes one of greater importance if he makes it, and it's right down the pipe. Terry. No time on the clock, and the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Unbelievable. Woo! I don't know about you guys, but I still get the Foxborough feels. I still get a little worked up. I got gridiron goosebumps from head to toe, and it is just a glorious way to start off what we hope for so many reasons will be such a glorious week in Boston, in Massachusetts, in New England, and throughout Patriots Nation. That's right, Pats fans, you got a tufa coming at you. And I don't mean two hours of your favorite guys talking football here on WEEI Boston Sports Original, the Six Ring Bros, being Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart. I'm talking about kickoff to the 2023 New England Patriots season this Sunday against those Philadelphia Eagles, 425 p.m., Broadcast on CBS, the A-team in the house. That's right. You're going to have Tracy Wolfson. You're going to have old Tony Romo. And you'll have Hello Friends himself sending signals throughout the world that not only are the Patriots back, but also the hero, the conqueror, the liberator, the GOAT himself, the greatest of all time, Tom Brady has returned. And today, on That's our two-hour... That's the two Patriot hour- way right there. On our two-hour edition of the Fitzy and Hart program from 10 to high noon on a beautiful sunny Labor Day here in the Fair Commonwealth, we will not only be getting you ready for Sunday as we continue to do so from yesterday's program, but also celebrating the return of the champion. If you would like to weigh in at any point during the program, offer some analysis and some perspective on what do you think you're going to see this coming Sunday and all season long, we welcome it as well as all of your favorite Tom Brady memories and more 617-779-7937 that's your phone number the socials at WEEI at Jumbo Heart and at Fitzy GFY we have a couple special guests lined up uh, on today's program as well Andy's got a surprise guest in the 10 o'clock hour I believe I got our guy Christian Foyer uh, a teammate of Tom Brady the first recipient of a touchdown pass at Gillette Stadium no less uh, as well as someone who will be on hand for Tom Brady Day or the Thank You Tom game as they are connoting it this coming Sunday. Oh, Andy, I got to tell you, I'm pumped and primed. Just listening to the call of Super Bowl 36, of course, there's that call from Fox with uh, John Madden and Pat Sumrall, two late great broadcasters. Every time you ever listen to Gino's call, uh, Gino and Gil, Gil, uh, uh, Gil Santos's call, 
Uh, it just sends you to the moon, to the roof and beyond. Um, it's crazy. It's cra- just looking back on the 20 years of relevance, competitive greatness, uh, just everything changed. Everything changed. And dare I say, everything in Foxborough at that stadium for the franchise of the New England Patriots, for sports fans, for the city of Boston and the greater Boston region, everything changed and everything was better because of Tom Brady. There's no question. I mean, he is the most uh, singular, influential figure in maybe for any franchise in the history of sports. Um, He changed, to me, he changed what it is to be great in some ways. I mean, he transcended football. Uh, I think that that argument or debate was put to rest long ago of whether he's the greatest player, greatest quarterback in football history, and he got himself up there in the comparisons with Babe Ruth, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, and, and all of sports. But just, I mean, just the way he changed the way you look at, to me, a a successful, accomplished quarterback. If If you love the you know, run and strong arm and all those things like the visuals, the measurables. Tom Brady just said, well, I don't have those, but don't worry. I'm still going to kick ass better than anyone that's ever done this job. And I think that's a um, a really interesting way that he went about it. And then obviously the longevity and the way he prioritized uh, playing for so long into his 40s. He's he's one of the more unique, maybe the most unique athletes that that will ever live and and i don't say that you know i truly believe that i think he's one of the most unique athletes that ever lived in the way he went about his business from michigan straight through the end of his nfl career yeah it's no it's no surprise that uh personal little anecdote one of many which anyone is welcome to share in today's show yourself andy producer joe braverman hello joe how are you hello i noticed when you said special guest that i wasn't on that list but we'll let that pass well, either you, Brian Frazoco, any number of quality producers here at Boston Sports Original are always part of the thing. You're, uh, the program. You're 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 in the, our twisted, warped, extended Fitzy and Hart family, Joe. So it's a pleasure to be sharing this Labor Day morning with you as well. But it's no secret, no surprise that uh, coaching up flag football this week, uh, my assistant, uh, the head coach, since I'm the assistant, made sure to grab us Wolverines, and of course, I grabbed number ten for my kid to wear as well. And he immediately thought, like, "Oh, do you want 12? And I was like, "No, no, no. If we're going to be Wolverines, I want ten. And that was that was Brady's number at college. Andy, one of the great Tom Brady trivia questions. Who was in possession of number 10 when Tom Brady went to the New England Patriots in 2000 and was then forced to change? He couldn't buy off 10, so he had to take 12. I'm going to throw out a Lee Johnson. I think you're correct. <laughs> you think I'm correct or I'm correct? I want to know. I don't know. I didn't Google it up. I actually just... <laughs> I just spur of the moment into that. Or was it John Freeze? Uh, let's see. In the year 2000, it was Lee Johnson, correct. Andy Hart of PFW and Patriots Unfiltered. Step on up. You're our next winner on Random Fitzy Foxborough Trivia. Good job. Lee Johnson, best known for day trading in the visitor's locker room where he had laptops set up and was looking <laughs> to improve his finances. Now, see, these are the little nuggets that you get to bring bring to the table uh, that a lot of us don't know. Like, I love all of the random little stories that the Patrick Passes, Scott Zolax, uh, Dan Copens, Christian Fourier's, that all these guys have and can share. Like, who, just about the inner workings of the Patriots, let alone... Uh, you know, let alone things that relate to Tom Brady, like the all the times people were sent. How many different times I heard about equipment managers being sent to like the local Target or uh, Ames or whatever it was back then, because in the locker room after a game or before a game, Brady would be playing backgammon or checkers or Monopoly with someone and would lose and would get so pissed he would take the board and throw it in the garbage or break it. And then somebody would have to peel him off a 20 and they'd have to go get another one for the next time they play in the locker room. It's. But the crazy thing is that singular fire, that competitive will, that is just one of the many, many, many attributes that made him so great. His willingness to be great. Like sometimes you have to be a little psycho to be able to accomplish the things that Tom Brady did, which go far above, well and beyond expectations of any sort of rational quarterback, uh, competitor, football player and beyond Uh, stuff like that. Like I'll never and I'll never tire of hearing that. I love the fact that yesterday I sent you a clip as we were talking about different things we'd want to talk about on Tom Brady Day, and I sent you a clip from uh, a podcast where Brandon Lloyd was talking about 
being in the huddle with Brady and before anyone could talk about what they saw in the play, and we'll share the audio a little bit later in the show, uh, you know, Brandon Lloyd starts talking about the fact that Brady knew every single thing about where everybody was going to go. This is 2012 Brady when at that point I guess he had all the answers to the test. Yep. And there wasn't a defense that he hadn't seen. And, oh, but did he love facing Dick LeBeau defenses during that time. Uh, and as they were getting ready for the game, uh, he, Brady just recounts everything to Brandon Lloyd, exactly where everyone's going to go and how they can get open. And I love the fact that you said to me in return, oh, that's a fun clip from maybe the weirdest New England Patriot I ever talked to when I worked for the team. <laughs> yep. Was he was he an eccentric dude, to say the least? Uh, Lloyd? I think he was bat bleep cuckoo. Like, um, he, he, he had some issues. He was ve- very weird with the media. I was doing a live interview with him once for a TV thing, and he walked right out. <laughs> just crossed the camera and walked off screen like broke the fourth wall or whatever i don't even like it was um he was he was an interesting guy interesting guy some great catches though dude could catch a football threw it in his area dude could catch a football yeah oh no for sure and there's that great photo in 2012 of him airborne against the buffalo bills catching that pass smiling at the camera in the end zone that's that's an all-timer as well you Um, know that would be a great um if you could really put together a long form story just talk to everybody that ever caught a pass from brady and kind of go back and forth and if you could get brady involved get brady to talk about them because he's had so many unique um both on the field unique but also off the field eccentric i mean i I don't want to be overly dramatic here but he threw two guys that are man of the year type candidates ben watson right Mm -hmm. like fathers and preachers essentially and he threw two a guy who went to prison for murder. Like, he saw everything on the spectrum of teammates and weapons over his long career. Antonio Brown, you know, like, if you could just, those relationships and the way he was able to span those and create those bonds that are so famous. Anybody you talk to, one of the greatest things he did off the field was create bonds with everyone he ever played with. He found a way to connect with people. How do you do that when you know so many people? When you, like... You you know that infographic that has gone viral umpteen million times. Like it started when he finished his, it started when he reached the 500 touchdown mark, tossing a bomb off his back foot to Josh Gordon on Thursday Night Football. I think in 2018. Look at the memory on this guy. Uh, I might even be the, right. I think I actually think I'm right this time. Uh, the Lee Johnson one was spur of the moment. This one I actually <laughs> I, I recalled from my giant double dry hopped Google machine that is my size eight Corta brain. But. Uh, it started with that one, and then it continued on through it, and then it, they wrapped it up at his Patriots career, and then it continued on in his Tampa career. The infographic of who caught touchdown passes from Tom Brady and how many they caught, and I still think to this day Gronk caught the most, correct? I believe that is accurate, yes. Or it might, might have been Moss, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it was Gronk, I think it's but Gronk. It just when you see how many, and then when you talk about the fact that like he fostered relationships with these people and got to know them and had to figure out how they like passes thrown and what they were good at, and the way that they sort of like got to know Brady's quirks and ticks and the way the people that really got to know Tom Edelman, Amendola, Welker, Moss, like their hand checks, their check with me's, their look at me's and everything that they did and becoming lifelong friends. I mean, Brady and Edelman to this day, you saw the the very funny ad, the NFL uh, Pepsi and potato chip Lay's chip ad that came out the past week or so. Where Edelman and Brady end it with a unretire. Who would do that? And then they smile and wink at the camera. And Edelman eats the one chip he's probably ever eaten in his life since the man is carved from soapstone. Um, like he just—he's got a way. I don't know. That, maybe that. Maybe not just his will to be great or his his big old brain and his insane uh, ability to remember things as well. The way he's God. How many? What courses you could probably teach Andy in? Like if you just called it like Tom Brady Tom Bradyology, how to expand your mind and develop greater rapid recall it probably is a thing i didn't he always talk about the different exercises that he did to gain greater uh you know uh, mental acuity and flexibility oh yeah if he um did it he worked at it anything the brain the body the combination and we'll hear from bill a little bit later from his audio on the greg hill show this morning but that's part of that greatness right is and you brought it up earlier And I've always thought about this in a unique way. I think every parent would love their son to grow up to be like Tom Brady, driven, successful, polite, like all these things. 
But Tom Brady got there by being kind of an a-hole at various points along the way. Like, you hear his oh, dad yeah. talk about golfing, and he would throw his clubs into the water. Well, if your son does that, you well, yell at him. That's kinda, not right. the way you do it. It's not all about winning, and, right? But it's that drive. It's that fire that would never be put out that made him great. And, and I always think that balance, like we tell kids, it's not about winning and losing, and you don't have to be the best. And, like, Brady's like, F you. I want to be the best. I've wanted to be the best since I was six. And it's that weird juxtaposition, yet he accomplished it and did so in a, in a classy way, right? Like, it's this weird um, fire. And I think they all have that. Like, Jordan, yep. there was this, this talent combined with this insatiable desire to win and work ethic and hating of losing. And when you put those together you end up with these goats. Yes, yes, indeed you do. It's Is it his athletic ability? Is it his will to be great? Is it the, the, uh, the recall and the brain and the depth of knowledge he developed over the years? Is it, like you pointed out a few minutes ago, Andy, is it his ability to foster and form relationships and to uh, get inside the minds, for better or worse, of people uh, that's his greatest ability? Or was it just... The cacophony, the uh, if you will, of all of these things blended together into one supremely dominant, competitive, spectacular, and unique package. I think it. Re- I think the answer is it's all of it. Yes, and then and then some. And, yes, uh, I think there's a lot of Patriots fans. First, when Brady retired, and now especially this week, that are excited to go back upstairs or to the basement or the garage. Maybe they had some weird feelings about Brady leaving, whether or not they were upset at him or the organization or everybody, and they didn't want to wear those Franken jerseys, half Patriots, half Tampa. Oh, God, thank if I never have to see one of those again. Or couldn't, you know, get themselves to wear a Brady Tampa white or the creamsicle pewter and all that nonsense. Now you can go back, get your Brady jerseys, all your Super Bowl championship merch, wear it loudly and proudly all week long in celebration, finally, for the victory lap, he and both you Patriots fans deserve and will enjoy Sunday. It's going to be awesome. And when we come back, Andy, we will keep the Tom Brady week party going, as well as talk about what we are most excited NFL-wise and New England Patriots-wise as they kick off their season this Sunday against the Eagles. 617-779-7937 is the number. Several fun guests lined up for our Tom Brady tribute day here on Labor Day on WEEI. But first, let's catch you up on everything else in the wide world of Boston sports and beyond. Trending now. With Joe Braverman. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Red Sox get the series victory win over Kansas City. They win yesterday 7-3 over the Royals. Masataki Yoshida hit a three-run home run, followed by an Adam Duvall solo shot. The Sox never looked back after that. Chris Sale got the win, throwing five shutout innings and only allowing two hits. The Sox did gain a game on Houston, but still sit five and a half games back of the final wildcard spot. Sox now continue their road trip in Tampa to start a three-game set with the Rays. Joe Castiglione and Will Fleming have the call from the Trop at 410 on the Shaw's Star Market. WEEI Red Sox Network, Shaw's perfecting the art afresh. Brian Bale will get the start for the Sox, opposite Aaron Savale for Tampa. Joe Weil will get everything started with the Mass Mutual pregame show at 310. Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. First game day week of the season in the NFL, and the Patriots begin prepping for their opening day matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. They'll be back on the practice field this afternoon. And in other football news, week one of the college football season wrapped up last night as number eight Florida State knocked off number five LSU 45-24. to I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Can't say enough about 
Tom, what he's meant to this organization, what he's meant to me personally. Um, you know, he just epitomized everything that you would want, you know, when a player, uh, his work ethic, his ability to, you know, handle and process a lot of things on and off the field, um, critical playmaking ability and, and uh, instinctiveness and anticipation and, and decision-making at the most critical times in the biggest games. Um, you know, he just set a, a standard of daily performance, which turned into, you know, yearly performance, which turned into a not only a Hall of Fame career, but you know, probably the best career of all time. New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick this morning on the Greg Hill Show with Wiggy, Curtis, and Courtney in his Patriots Monday appearance. Offering yet another round of roses and wreaths at the feet of his partner in crime for the greatest run in NFL history. The double dynastic run of the Belichick and Brady Patriots as we kick things off here in Tom Brady week. For the Tom Brady, or as they call it, the Thank You Tom game at Gillette Stadium this coming Sunday. It's Fitzy and Hart with you until 12 o'clock today. 617-779-7937. That's your telephone number if you want to dial in. And join our program at any time. We have some special guests lined up on the show today, 1045. Uh, we have Shane Donaldson joining the program today. He is the URI Associate AD Communications and New Media Director. However, he was, uh, as Andy put it, he was a part of the PFWPatriots.com early day crew. So he will have some unique insight and perspective on the Wayback Days when a six-round pick, number 199, joined the crew, soon to, of course, change local, regional, and national football league history. 1120, our guy, Christian Foyer, calling up. He's just going to bring a whole lot of silly about his days with Tom, and he'll be there Sunday at the stadium, like you will be, Andy, like I will be. Will you be joining us down there for a little bit, just to partake in all the madness before we have to uh, zip back to Brighton for the Six Rings postgame show? No, I will be, uh, I'll be in Brighton. So I have to. Uh, so you want me to take it in for both of us? Fine. Well, somebody has to watch the game. <laughs> well, someone also has to be there to be able to recall and recollect and uh, share the just the the madness, the energy, and uh, yeah. I mean, I you know, and some guys have to, to take one. care of the Six Rings post game show after the game. Is that going to yes. be you, Joe? I said guys, not guy. Oh, guy. Okay, guys. <laughs> oh wow, we're gonna have guys, multiple guys. Wow, sounds like it's gonna be big time. Wow, we're gonna have several Uh-oh. people helping us out. You know what they out. say, wow. though. You got two producers. You really have none. You really have none. Hey, ah, <laughs> oh, good times. Good times indeed. Did you catch the majority of the Bill Belichick interview this morning, Andy? I thought he was actually yeah. in a he was in a pretty good mood today. It's what I told you yesterday on the Sunday edition of Fitzy and Hart. This is the week for hope and optimism and feeling good and you know theorizing that, oh, this guy's going to play well and this part of our team's going to be good. He should be hopeful and happy. There's no reason to not be happy yet. That reason will come in a week. Hold on. What? Hold on. What? Come on. What? We don't what? know with any certainty just yet. We're not. No, we, well, nope. That's why they play the games, Fitzgerald. That's why they play the games. Any given Sunday. Of course, some Mondays, maybe a Saturday, depending on the holidays. And, of course, at least one mandated Thursday every season. Right, Andy? Um, Fitzy, if it, if it weren't about playing the games, we might not be having this show, this week, this conversation about the GOAT. Because if it were you know, just how things are supposed to play out, the Patriots in 2001, actually January of 2002, in New Orleans, were one of the greatest underdogs in the history of the sport. I'm not sure if you know. A dynasty was supposed to be born that night. It was, but it was on the wrong sideline. The Rams were the greatest show on turf, and this crappy bum of Kmart free agents and young quarterbacks couldn't, wasn't even supposed to compete with the Rams. And yet, here we are. And yet the funny thing is, that's right, Ricky Prohl would be the answer to the trivia question, yep. who, A said tonight a dynasty is born that would be ricky prohl he said it he meant it about the greatest show on turf little did he realize the dynasty born that night was tom brady and bill belichick's new england patriots and b ricky prohl is also the guy who caught the touchdown pass with less than two minutes remaining in both super bowl 36 and 38 to tie the game for the opponent of the new england patriots only to watch adam vinatieri drive a stake into the heart of those opposing fan bases and lift us up on his great glorious soldiers so uh, shoulders rather 
and his magic golden foot. He caught the touchdown pass for the Rams to make it 17-17, and then he caught the touchdown pass to make it 29-29 then for the Carolina Panthers. What a what an un, like isn't that a crazy crazy claim to fame for Ricky Prohl that all all of that came from the same guy. The same guy catches a touchdown pass to tie two Super Bowls within 2 years of each other. And yet no one really remembers or cares. Like it's a nice SID stat. Speaking mm-hmm. of my buddy Shane Donaldson, it's a nice SID stat, but um it's good barroom re- trivia too. History remembers winners. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's Big exactly time. <laughs> that's exactly what history's for. So, all right. Uh, before we get to some of your calls, and thank you guys for calling in. I see you guys lined up. We'll get to you at 617-779-7937 in just a second. Andy, it is also Patriots kickoff week, and yeah. we have a game now scheduled for, I'll do the math, don't you guys worry about it, uh, 150 hours from exactly right now. The game will have just kicked off. Six days, six hours from now, we will be talking Patriots-Eagles. It is underway. The weather looks positively gorgeous. Mid-70s, sunshine, Brady's there, the Brady chants, all the mania and the hysteria, hello friends and Romo, everything that goes into the game. Let me ask you, both Patriots-wise and NFL-wise, what are you most excited for this week? Patriots-wise, I am most excited to see um, the defense and what the defense can do against a significant challenge. Because if we are going to grow our hope and continue our hope beyond opening day and through the month of September and October, I think it has to begin with Matthew Judon and Josh Uche and Christian Barmore and Kyle Duggar and probably Christian Gonzalez and all of those guys. Throw in my guy Jabril Peppers, who mm-hmm. probably 50-50 to get a 15-yard penalty for taking somebody's head off at some point during the game. But it may be needed. Maybe it sets a tone. Maybe there's value in it. But I am... I think this defense has an opportunity to prove, nope, we don't just do it against Sam Ellinger and uh, Skylar Thompson. Nope, we do it against good quarterbacks, good offenses, good teams. So, How y'all I'm doing? Excited. I'm good. <laughs> hey, there's Judon. He, plus, he's the most fun player on the team. He's the most you know, jovial kind of he, – he seems to love his lot in life right now, and I like when guys do that, when they embrace the positive energy that's around them. And so give me the defense, baby. Put on a show. Or I do love try. dressing. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay, Red so sleeves. You're, you're most excited about seeing the defense yes. come to life Sunday. And right from Jump Street, if this New England Patriots team is to be identified by or known for something, most people believe it will be – a defense. You've had a number yep. of people like me on the national scale, even people like Mina Kimes saying they think this defense has a chance to be really special. And it may be uh, weighted slightly or weighted heavily in favor of the defense as to which is the best side of the football, which is exactly why. And I'm sure you probably could have predicted this as well, Andy and or audience. I'm most excited to see the offense because I know how twisted backwards uh, ass end up and dysfunctional they were last season, and yet still there they were, but a game away or a W away multiple times during the final month of the season away from somehow making the playoffs. And so here we go. We haven't seen – you saw some of it in practice. They did mostly a lot of red zone drills, uh, 7v7s and 11v11s, but otherwise, like, we still don't really know what a full and consistent drive by the New England Patriots offense is going to look like. What is this – and I've read – and heard much about how Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien have been in complete lockstep from the minute Bill O'Brien was brought back aboard, that they have been working hand-in-hand, totally in tandem, all offseason long, developing this offense, and that this will be the best of what Bill O'Brien did previously, what he learned at Tuscaloosa, what Mac Jones likes, and what works for him. So we're going to get a chance to see if the offensive line can hold up against one of the best pass rushes in recent NFL memory. Can Mac Jones return to form of two years ago? Can he not only touch back on what worked for him two years ago, but can he sail past it as well? Is this Ramondre Stevenson season? Will he become the household name and star that so many of us believe he can? Will this receiver room be good enough? Can Mike Kosicki actually be the secret weapon that a lot of people, like Chad Graff at The Athletic, believe that he could be on this offense? Uh, and is Bill O'Brien just that much of a difference maker? They're going to get a test. They are going to get that. Like, I love that it's not uh, a patsy coming in on Sunday, if you will. I love that they're not getting a cream cheese opponent. I love that they're going to have to go toe to toe with a team 
that has Super Bowl aspirations once again. The opposing quarterback, also from Mac Jones University, a, a front runner for the MVP award. Like, th- I, would you want it any other way? Would you want some crap team or some third string quarterback coming in, or would you like to go toe to toe with someone who who may soon call themselves champ once again? I'm not going to lie to you. With this team, I'd take a tomato can. <laughs> <laughs> as Dan Shaughnessy would put it. I think they could use a tune-up. We've talked about some of the details um, of the Eagles in this matchup and the offensive line, and it'd be nice to just get an offensive line out there and see them before they mm-hmm. face one of their biggest challenges of the year. But it doesn't matter what we want, as Bill would say, right? It doesn't matter what you think about the schedule. All that matters is there's going to be a team that arrives at Gillette Stadium, and you have to battle them. By the way, the old PFW writer in me was already uh, thinking of headlines, and they're all negative in my head, so I'm going to stop thinking about them. (laughs) Well, we could see a cry, Eagles cry, next Monday on PFW or on Patriots.com if the Patriots are able to win. How Uh, about the truth hurts? Patriots don't measure up at quarterback. uh, (laughs) (laughs) We could do Mac to the future. Patriots dominate at home. Oh, I like it. Let's go back and forth. Uh, Okay. This we uh, uh, let's actually see. let's not because it's not we don't we're staying positive no negative headlines Andy until Sunday night then you can oh. talk about negative headlines all right if well the let's keep the, let's keep the positivity rolling six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven let's take it to you the good people of WEI and Pat's Nation Bob is in Hyannis down here on my silly little sandbar how are you Bob good good thank you thank you for taking this I'm very surprised that the spread is only four and a half. And I believe after when uh, the second half starts, the announcers are going to be talking as if they're uh, they're giving news of the disaster of the Hindenburg. That's what I think is going to happen in the game. And they're going to want to put Brady in the game. Bob, why? Bob, why are you so down on these Patriots? Well, I'm not down on them. I'm just thinking, what's you know, what's going to happen in the game? You know, if, you know, look at uh, Philly. You know, they, you know, they're they loaded. they were just short. They come up, they come up just short last year. Yeah, no, they did. I appreciate the call, Bob. Thanks yeah, for checking did. in. Uh, so Bob is thinking that uh, the broadcast crew will spend, and maybe you know, there there are some and many Andy that have speculated that the reason why. The New England Patriots didn't do just a full-blown buy your tickets now. It's Tom Brady tribute day outside of an actual NFL game. That the Patriots did it the way they did it during the opener, not in a cream cheese game or a game where they would perhaps be favorite like, a, I don't know, Washington or maybe even New Orleans. That they did it this way because it's the bright, shiny object over here because the NFL absolutely screwed them by giving them a possibly better version of the NFC champions week one in a primetime slot. Uh, Yeah, no, I think uh, there is probably uh, a little bit of truth to that. But I also just think this is one of, I mean, aren't we expecting multiple uh, honorings of Tom Brady days and however this plays out Mm -hmm. in future years and um, whether it's statues and streets and ceremonies and jerseys and Hall of Fame. You know, this is a first taste of... uh, everything they're going to give and do for Tom Brady. But, yes, it actually um, – but it could bite you in the ass. Was it Herb? Mm-hmm. Was the caller Herb? I, I, was, I, bo- I was Bob and Hyatt. Bob does make a good point about the Eagles at this time. It'd be better to see him in Week 10 because you'd have to think that they're motivated, that they're going to try and prove that going to the Super Bowl last year wasn't a fluke and that they're still one of the top teams in the NFC. Yeah, but maybe they haven't come together yet. Maybe they haven't, uh, you know, yeah. maybe Matt Patricia doesn't have his linebackers playing as well as he'd want them to play at this point. The, maybe They did lose five starters on defense. Now they've replaced them seemingly with some very talented people as well. Yep. Um Jordan Davis is, you know, maybe he's not maybe he's not Javon Hargrove, but at the same time looks to be pretty impressive on that defensive line. Fletcher Cox can still get after it. Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick. All right, now I'm starting to get the night sweats. Yeah, stop doing 40 it. in the morning. When you look at too many details, and there is an unknown that may benefit the Patriots. The unknown of the Patriots offense, the unknown of what Bill O'Brien's going to do, the unknown of how they're going to attack a pass rush that is good, is proven, did do what it do did last year. Um Maybe there's some unknown on the Patriots' side. Maybe they can come out and do some things that will catch Matt Patricia and everybody in Philly off guard. I mean, I would say that would be an optimistic look at scheduling these Eagles week one. Yeah, you could have Bill O'Brien, you know, figuring what what Matt Patricia is going to be doing. You could have Matt Patricia maybe giving some of the keys and the secrets to the Eagles from his time with the Patriots. 
Who knows? Uh, another call. Uh, let's see. Who do we go to next? Oh, my goodness gracious. We go from one of my favorite places in the world to another. Joe is calling in from Naples, Florida, where, Andy, they have one of the greatest uh, fan bases outside of New England and one of the best sports bars in the country, the Foxborough Tavern. Joe, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Foxborough Tavern absolutely rules. It's one of the so, best sports bars in America. It's like, it's as close to being at the fours and Gillette as you can possibly get. I love that freaking place. It is excellent. I, I Guys, I don't want to be Captain Bomber. But <laughs> this is going to. This is. Guys, That's okay, Joe. That's Andy's job. That's right. Hey, Andy. You know, sorry. This is going to look exactly like the '86 Super Bowl, where and and Mac unfortunately is going to look like Tony Easton. He's going to be looking for a place to fall. Oh, Joe, Joe's phone died out. Sorry about that, Joe. I appreciate the call, though. Thanks for checking in from one of the happiest spots in America. Um, I didn't need to hear the rest if the comparison nope. was between Mac and Tony Eason. It ain't good. Nope, we know how that ends. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, too, I don't think we can call Steve Grogan out in relief in this one as well. Although maybe if Brady has his uniform, maybe Grogan can bring his neck roll on Sunday, too. All right, so we've Matt got Corral. two calls. Matt Corral, maybe. Uh, dude, if we see Matt Corral on Sunday, Not everything good. has gone sideways already. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Better chance I, of getting in an NFL game, Matt Corral or Trace McSorley? Oh, jeez. Where's uh, Trace McSorley now? I'm uh, floating, floating out and I'm out in the, in the vast Opening working at Taco Bell. landscaping. Ah, oh, come on. What? That's my fallback. When what, they get Taco rid of Bell? you and I, I'll be doing uh, McSorley, uh, Heart and Sun Landscaping. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with working for Heart and Son Landscaping, but I'm not going Love straight it. to the bell. I mean, Yo Quiero, Taco Bell, but I don't think that's my immediate fallback. Yeah, you're better than that. Yeah, you're more like a Chipotle guy. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> 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 oh, good times and sad realities. Uh, look, fact is, we have no idea what it's going to look like. Uh, it is interesting, though, that the line opened, and this still continues to be the most coveted ticket in the season. It's super expensive. I think with the fact that the weather does look so good, and like you said, Andy, this is the off-season four, and this is now the final week for optimism, Foxborough faith, blind faith, the jo- the celebratory joy of both the season renewing, maybe Bill O'Brien being the uh, returning hero that we hope him to be, a genius who can put things back together and get the Patriots back on track. But the catharsis of finally having the victory lap for Brady, farewell, thank you, this is what we wanted to do, but we didn't get a chance to do it against the Titans, obviously back in January 2020, because A, it was a miserable night, and B, no one wanted to believe that he was going to be going, even though he did shortly thereafter. And then when he comes back in October 2021, you know, he's in another uniform. There's still a little salt in people's eyes and veins and mouths over the way things ended, and he just came in winning a championship for someone else. And his goal that night, as he and his dad both said, was to beat the snot out of the Patriots. Ended up being a very entertaining game. Oh, if Nick Folk's 56-yarder only had bent three inches to the right. Anyway, now this is, thanks, Tom, here's the adulation, the love, and the 25-minute standing ovation we always wanted to give you. Maybe this will be the catharsis to finally sort of close the book on all of that and turn the page officially to what's next. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know yeah. if we want to turn the page. I don't know. Uh, Nick. Turning the page can be scary. Well, plus, Kraft said it's not just going to be a one-day thing. It's going to be no. multiple, multiple yes, they're celebrations. They're going to have a lot of celebrations of Tom Brady. Now, mm-hmm. the real question there is, are they going to be banking on all the celebrations of Tom Brady to make people realize, wait a minute, we're still not good, and it's been four years, five years, six years after Brady left. That's That's a legitimate question moving forward. Well, we'll get to all that and then some as our show rolls on. 617-779-7937. When we come back, Andy's friend Shane Donaldson from URI, who used to be at PFW and Patriots.com, sharing some early recollections of the GOAT as he made his way from Michigan to the Patriots and ultimately became a Super Bowl champion. It's Tom Brady week, people. Rejoice. The return of the GOAT is nigh. And so is Fitzy and Hart just after these messages. Rejoice, Patriots fans. Tom Brady week is here, as is kickoff for the 2023 NFL season and, of course, the 2023 New England Patriots season Sunday against the Eagles. But today we are basking in the gridiron glory of the GOAT, sharing memories, recollections, stories, and so much more. And here from the University of Rhode Island right now, the Associate Athletic Director, Communications and New Media, who used to be at Patriots.com and PFW. 
did a rookie daily diary with Tom Brady during the entire 2000 summer after he was drafted. Then, of course, covered him for the 2001 Super Bowl run and so much more. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, it is Shane Donaldson here on Tom Brady Week with Fitzy and Hart. Good morning, Shane. How are you? Good morning. Oh, Shane, it's sorry. Uh, maybe you could step to a slightly better spot. It seems like the coverage is a little wonky right there. All right. Can can you hear me okay now? Yeah, there you can. Is. There we go, Shane. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks for thanks for joining the program today, Shane. Uh so could you share just right off the top your first recollection or memory with Tom Brady after the Patriots drafted him sixth round, one ninety nine, back in the year two thousand. What was the first thing you thought when you got a glimpse of or had an engagement with uh this kid with a whole lot of moxie and as we were soon soon learned <laughs> sure. talent so, and drive. When, yeah, when when he first got there, um, I think it's it's easy to forget that he was the the fourth guy on the depth chart. Um, you know, because you still had uh, Bledsoe, Breeze, and then Michael Bishop was kind yep. of the person that everybody was still talking about at the time um, coming out of Kansas State. And then uh, Brady just kind of always had a um, you know a, a calm confidence about him, but but he wasn't necessarily like initially you know, thought of as, as a whole heck of a lot. My first interaction with him um, is something I'll never forget. He walked in and he was wearing a uh, a Yankees hat. And obviously around these parts, that kind of will um, stand out a little bit. And uh, when I first met him, you know, and talked about doing the rookie diary, I said, what's up with the Yankees hat? And uh, he said, oh, man, I got to support my boy. And his boy was Drew Henson. Um, the the Michigan quarterback who was in the Yankees farm system at the time. And that just kind of struck me because here was this guy who was fighting for his, you know, playing time in college against Drew Henson, but he thought that much of him that he was going to support him in his other professional ventures and stuff. And that just kind of was an indication to me of what kind of teammate Tom would be as he came to, to New England um, you know, and I thought, you know, for as competitive a guy as he, you know, was known to be, I thought that that was very interesting that it was, you know, hey, let me show my support for this other guy who at one point in time was actually taking snaps off of me, you know, at, at Michigan and, and stuff. So that kind of told me a little bit about his drive. And then the other thing that I remember very vividly was asking him about his first um, preseason game and saying, you know, are you at all nervous about this? And he said, you know, I spent my college years playing at the big house in front of 100,000 people every Saturday. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> you know, and, and it was, I thought that was very interesting that, like, you know, you talked about kind of that moxie that he had. That was apparent from the start. You know, whether or not the physical attributes were always apparent, you know, it was very clear from the beginning that this is a very confident person. Shane, one thing that Coach Belichick always talks about is the way Brady took control of that rookie class and the leadership role, which in some ways, obviously, the quarterback is inherent in the position, but went above and beyond that. And I've always thought one of Brady's greatest behind-the-scenes uh, strengths, and we talked about it earlier, was those bonds and connections that he seems to make with, with almost everybody. And as you dealt with him as the, the nobody late-round rookie doing your little diary, did you... Um, did you pick up on that sort of magnetism and leadership that I think is is a big part of the way he's built such bonds with people over the years? Yeah, with, without question. And he, um, you know, early in his career, um, one of the guys that I actually remember him being very close with was Lonnie Paxton, the, the long snapper. Yep. Um, and, you know, the two of them, they had this little group that would kind of always be in the hallways together. Um, and that always struck me just in terms of, he took the time to get to know everybody in the locker room. And I think you saw that as the years went by too, where um, the other leaders in the locker room, you know, would, would kind of, whether it was talking trash in practice or like going over, over stuff in the locker room, you know, you always saw him around his teammates um, when they were showing up for the golf outings in the off season, when, uh, you know, they have the, the, team golf thing for fundraising or whatever brady was always showing up with three or four other guys so i think you're absolutely right there that um it was a natural thing for him to kind of almost have that little bit of a pied piper effect on the 
the other guys in his class around him, but also the other veterans as he kind of gained more stature in the locker room. Speaking with Shane Donaldson from the University of Rhode Island, Associate Athletic Director, Communications and New Media Director, who was with Patriots.com and PFW in the way back days when Tom Brady was nothing more than a rookie competing for a spot on the roster. And then soon in 2001, pole vaults, if you will, the the John Freezes, uh, the Michael Bishops of the world, if you will, and impresses Bill Belichick and the coaching staff so much, Shane, that he becomes the backup in 2001. Now, this after Drew Bledsoe had gotten his big $100 million deal in the year 2000, and we heard tale that Belichick was so impressed with Brady that he was almost ready to make the call and give the second-year kid the nod. What were some of the things that you remember hearing from other people as you were putting together articles in the diary and beyond? What were some of the things you would overhear from teammates, trainers, equipment people, whomever, about just the way this guy carried himself and uh, the greatness that would come to be? Sure. I think that the first story that comes to mind early on in those first few years was uh, um, one of the things that stuck out to me, that the coveted parking spot thing. Um, where Brady was given, you know, a specific spark parking spot because, you know, at, at the time he was always the first person to show up and the last one to leave. I think he very much was, was married to the game of football, um, and I believe he held on to that parking spot for several years into his career. Obviously, that was well after I had um, left. But those were the – it was the poise. It was um, his calmness in the pocket, uh, you know, if you remember um, Bledsoe, who, listen, like, we're not here with the Patriots organization if not for that triumvirate of Bledsoe, Parcells, and Kraft early on. But Bledsoe mm-hmm. had taken a beating, and um, after playing behind the uh, Army Zampezi blocking line, he was, you know, prone to throwing off of his back foot. I mean, the guy got hammered for years physically. And I think he saw Brady stepping into passes and delivering balls where Belichick wanted them. So he, the preparation that he put in is what helped him elevate. And in that second year, if I remember correctly, it was um, Damon Hewitt had been brought in. And he was supposed to start the year as the backup, and Brady passed him. And then, obviously, you get the, um, the uh, sheared blood vessel for Bledsoe, and Brady stepped in and – Looked all right. I think, you know, that year he was kind of known as like a game manager, but it was obvious that guys were rallying around him. And you got that sense that they they were wanting to play for their quarterback. Shane, um, I've always thought um, it was kind of interesting that there were various times throughout Brady's tenure, and I'm talking about, you know, Rohan Davey or Ryan Mallett or Stidham, like these various guys that would come along where you'd say if you just watched practice and didn't know who anyone was, he wouldn't necessarily be the most impressive physically. Like you'd say, oh, he doesn't throw the best ball or the, the fastest arm, whatever velocity. How do you remember early on that 2000 training camp into 2001 training camp? Like physically, were you... Did you ever think he was going to be something special, or did you just say, well, he's fourth string for a reason, his arm's not that strong, he's not that athletic? Like, can you put yourself back then in what you were thinking? Because Fitzy and I know it. You, you, know, you watch practice on a daily basis, and you start to think certain things about certain people, and then sometimes they end up being right, and then sometimes you go, wow, boy, was I wrong on that guy. <laughs> sure, I, I don't think physically – anything was going to stand out about him, even as simple as when they did the sprints at the end of practice and stuff. I mean, you could have timed Tom with a sundial. You know, he (laughs) he was just slow. Um, You know, but it was the fact that the ball that he delivered was always where it was supposed to go. Um, And, again, like, he was as competitive as any athlete in any sport, you know, that, that I've covered over the course of my career. Um, and, you know, I remember one time that rookie year, you know, and this is something that, that the quarterbacks will do at times throughout camp. They'd set up a bucket, you know, maybe 40 yards down the field, and they were supposed to, try, you know, get the, their throws as close to in the bucket as possible. And, like, I remember talking with him after doing that drill, and he couldn't let it go that, that he hadn't won the drill that day. 
Um, and this is just throwing a football into a bucket. This had nothing to do with like hitting the right receiver, reading the right defense. And it, it drove him absolutely nuts that, you know, he wasn't winning this, this bucket drill. Um, and personally, I remember as he's saying this to me, I'm like, man, like, you're the fourth string guy. <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to win this. Like, honestly, if you're winning all the drills at this time, the team might be in trouble because you are the fourth guy. But that drive that he had, I think, propelled him through the years. So, technically, no, there was nothing that, that stood out other than accuracy, and he seemed to understand what he was supposed to do. But those intangibles, that natural leadership, that poised where he was never phased in the pocket. He never, you know, got out of sorts, if you will. And that, that competitive nature, those were the things that really stuck out. Lucky you for getting a chance to get to know him and cover him early on in his career as well. The memories that you uh, shared and uh, were, were witness to, especially leading up to the spectacular surprise of Super Bowl Thirty Six. Lucky all of us for getting to watch that competitive drive, the greatness and the, the want and will to win. It was really something awesome, and it was great taking a little stroll down memory lane with you, Shane, this morning and hearing about Brady in the early days. And, uh, man, Patriots Pro Football Weekly and uh, Patriots.com must have been a super happy place back in those good old days when Brady took over because I think there was someone who came in shortly after you who uh, had a different <laughs> perspective on things. Uh, Don't worry, Shane. I'll yeah, keep they... the stories of you almost push, pushing me into highway traffic in Pittsburgh. I'll keep those to myself. <laughs> we won't tell those. I, I was going to say, should we talk about the time I almost killed Andy? But, you know, that's a whole different story. <laughs> oh, what could have been, Shane? I guess we'll have to revisit that another time. Thanks so much, Shane Donaldson from the University of Rhode Island. Appreciate you calling in today. Thanks for sharing the memories of joining us on the Harbor One Hotline. Have a great Labor Day and, and enjoy the NFL season. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Shane Donaldson from the URI uh, Athletic and Information Department and also previously with PFW and Patriots.com joining us on the Harbor One Hotline. 617-779-7937. That's your phone number. Hour number two of Fitzy and Hart on Labor Day rolls on momentarily. Don't you go anywhere. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.